Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach. And I've been thinking about this, Adam, uh, since since Jordan D. White was on not too long in the past. Yeah. He made fun of the fact that it the stories are not ranked alphabetically, which is true. <laughs> but I have retroactively come up with a uh, no prize to beat him on that in that. We are ranking every story across the alphabet, but we are not ranking them in alphabetical order. I think that is a good compromise here. Uh, that's fair. I mean, it really doesn't matter to me. Um, I I don't do... know why that was my lead-in. <laughs> I'm going to be very real with you. I thought you were going to try and work the letter V in there somehow, and I was confused as to where you were going with that. But uh, We, we have pretend a... that's what I was doing. <laughs> Let's pretend that the letter V... Uh, was in that little segue, and uh, let's introduce our very special guest. It's Vita Ayala. Hello, hi y'all. Hey, <laughs> doing, Vita? Doing, doing as well as can be expected, right? Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, t- for we we've been doing this uh, just for a world history check. Uh, it is Tuesday the twelfth as we are recording this. Mm-hmm. So any anything we say. And any cheerfulness we have is based on <laughs> that date and that date alone. <laughs> you got to fake it to uh, make it, right? Yeah, we came into this year with such optimism. And then uh, the last episode, we were like, oh, boy. Anyway, Vita, I feel like we haven't Oof. seen you since uh, February. Is that accurate? I, I, that, that is probably the last that time we saw right. and or talked to you, which is crazy. Yeah, that's you... that's true. That is wild that we were at the first and last convention together. <laughs> yeah, of all time. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, but for for those of you who don't know, Vita is currently the writer of New Mutants. Woo! Uh, they're the upcoming writer of Children of the Atom. They were on Prisoner X. Uh, what else? The Wilds. Uh, just a, so a much very stuff. excellent episode of Marauders. A, a Stone oh, yeah, Cold shoot, classic. Ten of Swords. And tennis swords, right? Yeah, they snuck me in. They, they snuck me in for tennis swords. <laughs> I'm glad they did. <laughs> we'll we'll be we'll be getting to that in a second. Uh, but no, Vita's been doing some incredible stuff. Uh, they've been on the show back a couple years ago, and then on some con episodes. So go check those out. Uh, but now we're going to talk about New Mutants, mm-hmm. uh, which the first issue has, ju- or I say first, the 14th issue, but the first that you're <laughs> writing uh, has just come out uh, recently. Uh, excited to be back into the uh, whole X-Men realm? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I uh, I was pretty intimidated uh, following both Jonathan and Ed, you know, mm-hmm. as writers on that book, uh, and everyone else that has ever written New Mutants, right? But uh, more, most recently. Um, so I was a little I was a little scared that people would be like, you're not my dad! But people were actually really <laughs> nice about it. <laughs> Well, we will uh, we'll definitely get to that. But first, we had a we had an important question that we did want to address that is related to New Mutants. Mm. Okay. Yes. Now, Vita, if you look in the chat, uh, there there's something, and I do want you to uh, 
answer, how do you feel about this picture of the best teen warlock dressed like Kid Vid from the Burger King Kids Club? I love it so much. I love it so much. I saw that um, on Twitter, which I've been off of Twitter for a while, but I just happened to check today because mm-hmm. of this. And I saw that and I had a full body flashback to those, like, the videos you would get when you, like, gave it enough points or whatever. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Zach, I that, forgot to that, tell that, you. That, I've actually found a PVC uh, KidVid figurine in uh, oh the toy gosh. box somewhere in my house the other day when I was cleaning. I was like, where did this come from? Oh. That, that art, by the way, is by Jen Overstreet. Uh, Jen's so a great artist. Uh, go check out their stuff. Uh, but I happenstance saw that today. It <laughs> happened to come across my timeline as I had saved that five years ago. And I was like, oh, no. This is this is the right attitude to bring to this podcast, but it does. I it might does get it bring... tattooed, maybe. Oh yeah, my. <laughs> That's a full it's backer so right there. Absolutely, uh, That's a ben I was Affleck. thinking a neck piece. Just like okay, that, yeah, that would, yeah, that would be a good neck piece. Yeah, but you know that is that is Warlock. He is a teen eternally. Uh, <laughs> And you're writing a lot of teens and young adults in your uh, your books. What is it about teens that makes you want to write about them? Or wh- where do you find the energy or the excitement about writing young adults like that? I feel like for me, there's this kind of feeling of full potential with people in that kind of like teen to new adult age where it's just like you're... Mm-hmm. Your life is ahead of you. You could be anything. Um, and that kind of chaos and terror that you feel is still very, like, fresh in my mind, even though I'm in my mid-30s. Uh, but, you know, second second adolescence. Uh, no, but that, that kind of feeling to me is really appealing. Um, and I think that as we get older, we forget that that real visceral fear that propelled us. <laughs> mm. I'm, I'm an I'm a emotion-based writer, and I feel like you know the the idea of infinity as a as a writer is really terrifying right you open a blank document and there's you could do anything with it um and Mm -hmm. so for me that's kind of how i the energy that i channel when i'm when i'm doing teen stuff and like new adult stuff also they're just like you can just get away with so much wild like stuff i'm trying not to curse wild stuff (laughs) when you're that age that you just can't anymore not even by virtue of manners but just because like your body doesn't do stuff like it used to Mm. (laughs) like so like i try to to just put myself back into a place where i could get off of the couch and not grunt like that's that's i just i'm trying to manifest that for myself so i to keep young i write about teenagers and new adults (laughs) i like that it's kind of like a vampire you know (laughs) (laughs) that's That's right that's right (laughs) um vita you mentioned that uh you've you're doing this kind of soft relaunch of the book um, and taking it in what I would say is a, a pretty distinctly new direction. Um, how, how do you go about doing that and still honoring, you know, what John and Ed were doing uh, before you jump, uh, jump on or, or is it just, Hey, you know, take the wheel and, and go in your own new direction, put your own spin on it. Well, both of them were really supportive of me just doing whatever like they were like if you Mm -hmm. want to pick up threads great if you don't break from it and do what you need to do um and ed being you know he's he's one of my first friends in comics he's one of my best friends in comics i love him to death um 
and then of course Papa Hickman's great. Uh, so <laughs> for me, I wanted to. I had some questions about Krakoa, and I thought that the New Mutants book would be a really great place to explore those questions. Um, I'm also a question-driven uh, person and writer. Um, I felt like we were seeing a lot of Krakoa and mutants uh, interacting with the world in different in different ways. We have marauders where they, you know, pirates, but also privateering stuff and medicine and all that stuff. We had, you know, all these other books that dealt with the interactions of humans and mutants or aliens and mutants or like whatever. And I was like, okay, but like, what about the map? What is, what, look at all this stuff on the map. What, what is there? Like, I, I want to know what this is. Like, what happens if someone wanders into this area? And, you know, Jonathan was like, all right, <laughs> have fun. <laughs> um, I do love that you're, to... you're pressing for answers <laughs> there, you know? I don't know why they let me in that room. I'm real crazy. <laughs> I'm, real, I'm real wild. I'm real feral. It's... We all are, though, I guess. Every single writer in the writer's room is just feral in their own way. We, um, we've gotten the opportunity to talk to most of them there's a couple that have still slipped through our cracks yet and we are we are you know we're coming for you but <laughs> uh but i i have gotten the feeling that all of them are everyone everyone feeds off of each other and has built a sense of community there uh that is very interesting to see in comics where i things can be a little isolated at times absolutely and i think that that is what allows us to work in this current paradigm so well it's all about you know community and communication and interconnection and all that kind of stuff and i don't think it would be possible for us to do if we weren't literally communicating it every second of every day if i go check you know the x slack there's just like a million notifications and it's and it's everybody there's no one person that talks more than the other which is really nice mm-hmm. um we also like much like Sailor Scouts, <laughs> weirdly become like the the roles that we've written. Like we're just slowly <laughs> like like Uncle Jerry is very like oh I you know I've been hearing this on on the streets and I'm like you're inside how do you know all this like what's going on he's like oh he's a pirate he just goes out and he gets information and he does crime that's great <laughs> like we on just slowly have become I. <laughs> I don't know, but he's the most connected person in the room. Like, he really is. Like, he just knows about everything, and I find that really fascinating. So, to me, he, in my mind, he dresses like Kate, like Captain Kate. <laughs> That's who he is. He goes. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, last night, uh, my wife and I were watching the TV show New Girl uh, that we have just decided we are going to rewatch, and Brian Pesane showed up in there, and I was like, hey, Kaya. Did you know that I know somebody who knows somebody who knows that dude? <laughs> and she was like, I don't care. Why Why would that matter? I was like, Jer- Jerry's really connected, and I know someone who knows Jerry, and shut up. Listen, Jerry. Jerry's everywhere. Oh, my Jerry, God. Jerry knows all. It's, um, it's no, uh, can so, I, so can pick I, it up. Oh, wait, wait. Hold yeah. on. I got I to gotta, uh, plug this, because Jerry actually did tweet about this. Um were you part of, uh, we got a, I saw a tweet just a, a few hours before we started talking about Russell Dodderman dropping Hellfire Gala looks in the, uh, in the Slack. Oh. It, were, were you present for this? Uh, I was, I've been off of the internet a little bit, but uh, okay. I, I was poked by Leah and she was like, go check the Slack. <laughs> so, like, I, did, I was like, holy shit. Y'all are not ready. Y'all are not ready. Okay. See, see, I've got, I've got some Russell Donnerman art 
just over yonder, and it is of X-Men. So I am very excited to see uh, what what happens here. I've noticed that in promoting things, y'all, and I don't know who started it, but y'all have uh, decided to just kind of drop things like their common knowledge. Like, oh yeah, Al Ewing's showing up. What's up What's up with this? Or Cy Spurrier? <laughs> or Russell Jodeman's drawing something? What could this be? And we notice is the thing. <laughs> We're trying to have fun. We all want to have fun. <laughs> you know, jumping jumping off of you pulling into this book into New Mutant specifically, uh, you kept some threads for sure that were really interesting. You've you've let others be completed. As someone with no less than four pictures of Glob Herman within arm's reach, you know, there's there's some that I wish you would have pulled back up, but it's fine, and we're going to accept that. Uh, but I do love obscure characters, and you pulled a fast one on me. <laughs> Hey, what's up with Rain Boy hey. from, like, four <laughs> issues of comics that I don't personally care for uh, being being in your cast? How did you settle on Rain Boy? So, two things. One, I, too, love Glob. Very, very much. Actually, Ed is the reason that I love Glob. He, he's, he made me a Glob believer. Um, mm-hmm. And when he was, you know, when we were transferring uh, the book over, uh, he made me promise that Glob would be okay. And so I've kept that promise. Uh, our boy Glob is all right. Uh, <laughs> and who's to say that he won't show up later? Anyway, so that's one. Uh, two, um, so tiny bit of context uh, or background, I guess. Uh, Leah Williams, uh, who is Amazing. one of my favorite people in the whole world. Absolutely incredible, high key genius. Uh, is uh, a database person, mm. and she is constructing. Is in the middle of perpetually constructing a like a database of all of the mutants that exist. Whoa! And she is doing a thing where she's breaking them down by different demographics, powers, location food that they like whatever like there's a million different ways that you can search that um and so whenever we need a mutant that can do something specific or is from somewhere specific or whatever we have this great resource that leah's building um and so there's a small like you know friend group of characters in new mutants that i kind of assembled um that kind of share some stuff in common with each other and so when i was looking to put together that group with that thing in common uh there was a bunch of options and i just thought that rainboy was adorable (laughs) i was like this kid is so cute i really like i don't know i i'm an like an older sibling i have a bajillion younger siblings and you know a bunch of younger cousins and you know nephews Mm -hmm. and i i just love like adorable kids i'm just like put them in everything that's why i love gabby i'm like put her in everything just just give me all gabby all day so (laughs) Uh, I wanted to bring together a group of kids who didn't necessarily have a lot of like time in the spotlight. It's hard when you have a billion mutants, right? Uh, right. 18 billion. 18 billion. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but we're like easy to endear people to. Like I wanted people immediately to be like, yeah, I like those kids. Like those kids are great. Um, and I don't know. I saw Rainboy and I, you know, I read up on him and I was like, I immediately love you. So that's what we're going to do. I think <laughs> I want my hands on this database. I... <laughs> Did you know about I think, that, I think I'm only, 
No, and I think I'm only a little bit upset that I did it, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's it's okay. I'll I'll send I'll send Leah a nastygram after this, and everything will be okay. Be nice. Maybe she'll share. <laughs> it's uh, really cool. Um, and she includes like links to their various like informational pages as well as like whatever the breakdowns are. Like wow. it's bananas. That's wow. an insane person thing to do. That's so cool. Yeah, and, Sounds... and it's cross referenced because it's like this, you know, it's it's bananas. Uh, incredible. <laughs> it's, I learned so much just from being on there. I was like, oh, I need someone that fly. They can fly? They can fly too? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what is going on? And, uh, and, and that's how you got Jimmy on your team then, I'm sure. <laughs> 100%. Actually, um, when I was talking about team construction for the main team, mm-hmm. um, I I had two concerns. Uh, one of them, I was like, I want as many of the OG New Mutants as I'm allowed to have. Just give me, yeah. just give me. Um, but also, I was like, oh, I need like someone that is like peers with them, but not part of their nonsense. Also, mm, right. like someone who can come in and be like, <laughs> all of what you're doing is super messy, or whatever. You know, be like that. Like the like the friend that is not always involved in your shenanigans, so has like a different perspective. Um, right. And Jordan actually was like, "What about you know? What about Proudstar?" And I was like, "I'm putting him in short shorts. If you say I can do that, then I'll take him." And there you go. <laughs> I think that's a really interesting role for him because he has been part of the New Mutants since like the first year of that book, uh, but. He was either, you know, an antagonist or right. a supporting character through the Hellion stuff. And then he jumped on with some of them on X-Force. And some of them jumped back and forth with that. But that was always a... That that was never the original New Mutants all getting together and having fun. Like, Magic and him were never, like, on the same thing. And she's... But she feels more synonymous with New Mutants. And I think mm-hmm. that her feral energy very much kind of puts her into... And also her age, right? Right. Like, she's just so much younger than... I don't know. Relative ages is something that I have to fist fight Jordan about on a daily basis. So, like... <laughs> oh, you too! Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's all in, in, in you know... We, we do it because we love each other. But I'm like, yeah. they're old, and these people are not old. This don't make sense. He's like, shh, no, no, don't worry. Don't worry. Wolverine's 15. I'm like, I'm leaving. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> he's now, good. He's, he's a troll. Uh, speaking of deep continuity dives, um, one of the characters that I have probably spent uh, way too much time, especially last year, digging deep on is uh, Mr. Amal Farouk, the Shadow King. Um, Now, he mysteriously appeared in a blink-and-you-miss-it cameo in X-Men Empire. Um, Were you part of that shenanigan? (laughs) I wasn't. I I wasn't because I think it was... I forget who... What the... We we, <laughs> I'm sure that this is public knowledge at this point. How it that is. was written. Yes. Okay. Um, I never know what I'm allowed to say. <laughs> yeah, I think you guys um, talked I don't, about but that. He, I think so too. Um, it, it, yep. That wasn't in the section that I wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all immediately were like, "Oh, that's we got to do something with that. That's real good." <laughs> <laughs> I do believe I do believe it was Leah's section that had that one page. Yes. At the end of issue two. Yeah. Now, 
Now, Shadow King has been my my biggest question about Shadow King for the longest time, and especially when he popped up in X Men Empire. Is well, if he is a multiversal like thing that inhabits mutants, is a Malfaruk actually a mutant? And I went through a, a huge continuity dive of every single one of his appearances to try and figure this out. I could not. And I opened your new mutants and you answer this question right on the first couple of pages, or at least it appears that way. Um, what inspired you to, to go back to shadow King's roots and, uh, and jump in there. For me, just in general, as a person who likes stories, um, I am always a sucker for a good villain um, or a good antagonist, not necessarily villain. Mm -hmm. And I don't always need to know everything about why they do what they do. But for me, Shadow King, it was so nebulous that I was like, I really want to I really want to dive into that and kind of talk about what would lead, the, you know, the Fruk part of him <laughs> to, to be where he is now. Um, and I wanted to talk about, I mean, just in general with, with the book, right? But I wanted to kind of talk about trauma and the way that we, uh, you know, kind of curl up around that trauma to survive and then what that does to us as we move forward in our lives and how we interact with others. Um, and a little bit also, I wanted to talk about like abuse and surviving abuse and mm. that kind of stuff, um, which, you know, is something that is really important to me as a person but also you know these these mutants have been through a lot <laughs> like, yeah and these individual mutants have been through a lot all of them have mm -hmm. but like you know we we we've had the privilege with the new mutants to watch them for their whole you know mutant career basically right like we've seen them grow um and i feel like you know because of the pace of comics we often have to like they just have to keep rolling with the punches and so i wanted to go all right what does that mean for you as a person though like what does that do to you and then with shadow king i was like well i can't i don't think that that has to be separate that mm -hmm. has to be a separate story i think that that can tie in together um what does it mean for someone to you know how do, how do you get to be the person that you are the person that uses other people in the way that you do um, what happened to you? And so uh, that was just something that I kind of wanted to explore. Also, um, very inspired by your thread. Uh, I was like, yo, let's, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> let's... No, I saw it, it. I say that, um, but I did actually see your thread after I'd already made plans. And I was like, the world wants it. The world wants it. <laughs> the world wants it. The world wants Absolutely. It. Um, but yeah. It's just, he's cool and he's scary. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited about it because, you know, um, I just read uh, the Claremont Anniversary special that came out, um, I guess, as we're recording this, it comes last, out. Yep. Yeah, it, it came out last week. It came out last week. Last week. Um, and he's obviously still very obsessed with the character. And, um, and yet, I think the public's most recent exposure to the character has nothing to do with comics um were you a fan of the, oh, legion, the legion fx version of the character and has that influenced the way that you want to want to work with the character as you go forward 
I, I, I'm a bad person. I only saw the first season. Loved it. Oh, like, okay. Super loved it. Yeah. Um, but I know that it's Aubrey Plaza's character. Uh, mm-hmm. Bless well, her. <laughs> you should, yeah. you should maybe check out like season two and, and see. Um, I'm, I'm a bad person. I haven't finished season three. I haven't either. I know I'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I want to desperately. Um, but I, I got into a mode where I wasn't in taking a lot of stuff. Uh, which I'm trying to change. Um, um, but uh, that show was is was brilliant. Um, and it did this thing in the first season, I'm sure that it continued in, you know, going beyond, that I found really fascinating, which was it it layered answers. Like mm. they led to, to more questions, but you were like, I don't know, like, I, I watched, like, the first season and then I rewatched some of, like, it again and all of this stuff, mm-hmm. like, on the rewatch, I was like, I've, I've seen, I see so much more. Like, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> everything is more meaningful now. Um, and I kind of want, I want that to be something I incorporate into uh, my storytelling. I, I've always found rereads to be really important to, to me. And so I always try and do stuff that will lead to cool stuff on the reread. But, like, with... With the Shadow King stuff, I wanted to be as clear as I possibly could. But then when you get to the end of it, I want you to reread it and be even sadder. As <laughs> That's my goal. You're going to make me feel bad about the Shadow King because I don't like that. I like it. I, I think want that it. He's, uh, I, I, I think that he's he is who he is right now and you don't have to feel mm-hmm. bad about him, you know every time that he's gotten his butt whipped so far. But right. I think that what I want is for him to be a person. Mm. And I think that at the end of the day, we do empathize with people, even if they end up being bad people. Like we think, Oh, mm-hmm. you know, I want you to get your comeuppance now, but I'm sorry that that thing happened to you before or like whatever. Mm. And so that's why I started, you know, um, and, Annalise and I, my editor, um, and Rod too, like we all, we've been in close communication, but Annalise and I, especially, I was like, does this, does this hit? Like, do people, will people understand that this is important? And she was like, yes. All right, great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it from the beginning. Well, if you haven't, I'll tell you, if you haven't seen uh, season two, Aubrey Plaza is fantastic as the Shadow King. Uh, Jermaine Clement does a really good job. But in season two, uh, Naveed Nagban, uh, Plays a more Amal Farouk uh, inspired version of the character. Like so he's got good. the he's got the round glasses. Oh, nice! Uh, and the little mustache, like a tour de force performance. All right, so I gotta, as far as, as far as just just like just like pull up him giving a monologue. Uh, and <laughs> this it's, is an excuse to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I was I was nervous. It's like, well, I mean, Aubrey Plaza played you know, sexy chaos, shadow King somehow. I know. I was uh, like, I feel weird <laughs> watching the show. I'm like, you're very good at what you do, but also I'm, this is a shadow King. I don't, this ain't right. Yeah. <laughs> that it, there's a lot to that, but uh, you did, you did bring up Rod Reese, uh, who is absolutely an incredible artist. Amazing. Phenomenal. Uh, just, I, he he was at a C two E two, and I happened to uh, be walking up to his booth as he was doing a commission, and I just got angry 
<laughs> when I was seeing him just be like, oh, yeah, and then I do this and I do this. And it's like I understand that he puts hours and hours into his craft and it's his entire life is doing this thing. And I've tried to draw stick figures like once a year. So it's fine <laughs> that he's that talented. But I was like, that's not it's not fair. You can't have that much talent in one <laughs> one body. He's also but, super funny mm. and well, and also very kind, which is very important. But like his comedic timing is incredible. Mm hmm. Oh my god! I would get pages back and just start crying with laughter, like un unlettered pages. It's just just pure art. I'm like, oh, this guy's a genius. <laughs> this guy's too good. The, the the demon kitten thing that he drew. <laughs> I'm that, sorry. That set me off a little bit. I was like, okay. <laughs> In the script, I was like, it's his worst fear. I don't know, like a kitten, like a giant kitten or something. Blah blah blah. And I was like, I don't know. Do whatever you want. And I was like, oh, he did the kitten. <laughs> my my thing I, I i cackled like like a ugly witch about that um but my my favorite thing was the <laughs> one wolf in five holes out yeah <laughs> you laugh so hard i <laughs> i cannot emphasize enough how much I actually screamed in my chair in my basement as I was reading that <laughs> because laughing. someone pulled that out of their hat. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, I can hear his hair turning gray uh, <laughs> every time someone talks about the five wolves. I was like, you got to let me do it. He was like, please don't do it. I, was like, I promise I won't do it on every page. Let me do it once. It's, well, it's, it's very good. <laughs> yeah, it, it's good to pull those things out. Um, but Rod um, works in such an inspired way. You know, I got to agree with Zach, like watching him work. And him floating between like watercolors and crayons. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's so exciting. Um, but he as paints, a, as a writer it. working with him, <laughs> mm -hmm. is it is it something where you still feel like you have to um, rein him in? Or is it the opposite where you feel like you can give him a lot of room to play on the page? Uh, first of all, I don't know what it would look like to rein someone. Like, you don't call him in if you want to rein an artist in. Like, okay. if you want to, like, that's, you, you, he's the wrong man. Like, yeah. you gotta, you gotta set him free and let him do what he's gonna do. Um, what I try to do is give as much context for him as I possibly can, but he's someone where, with, when I work with him, you know, I can do a page and I, I still put a lot of information on the page, but I can, like, forego panel breaks. For example, I'll be mm -hmm. like, this is the stuff that's happening on this page. Throw out what you don't like. Emphasize what you really like. Just mm. know that this particular thing should, you know, should be big or should, this is something important. And then he'll come back with all kinds of really cool stuff. Um, like, we've been doing a lot of synergy stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I've just been like, the, here's a list of cool synergies that we can do. Do a couple of them. And then he'll like you know, he'll throw something down on the page that is inspired. I'm like, great, I could never have written that. I don't even know how to begin to describe <laughs> the amount The amount of mutant team-ups that have been happening in these books, uh, I feel like it's getting to be just a challenge to see who can, <laughs> can one-up each other. Because there's, there's the five and they're a resurrection machine, and then there's the six and they are a inter- realm teleporting machine and then there's the two where wolverine's getting thrown like a very very is, uh, small mutant technology classic cannibal special 
Mutant technology. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> it, mutant technology. But also, I feel like that's the thing. Um, and I know that Leah's talked about this a bunch and, and Teeny's talked about this a bunch. So forgive me for parroting them. We're of a hive mind. Um, but, you know, the mutants have been denied community for so long. Um, they're finally able to just be free in a way that they never have been. And part of that is because they they were not allowed to be. But also, it's just, you, they didn't really have room to test their limits. What mm. Like, you know, the X-Men in particular are heroes, right? So it's like, well, we don't want to damage things. And we don't want to hurt people. And we don't want to whatever. And so now they have a whole island where they could just go buck wild and just be like, what are the limits to my power as an individual? And then what does it mean to be a mutant? Oh, it means to be interconnected. Well, what are our powers when we combine and form this cool Captain Planet? <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, identities and those kind of communities are something that have been pretty central to a lot of your work. Uh, you know, out, outside of X-Men, it's especially, I mean, and you know you are you're a black Puerto Rican queer writer, and that's a that's a lot of identities <laughs> to be jumping on in a very you know cis straight white space like comics. And you have you have very elegantly, you know, like made no qualms about hey I want to tell stories about this in stuff like Livewire for example that's very much a story about an angry woman who is tired of being pushed around and tired of having her life taken you know, out of her control. You've, you've expanded on some of that stuff in your previous work, like Prisoner X, for example. Is that something you want to continue to center in your stories uh, with the X-Men? And is, are there different ways you want to expand on those themes? For me, I think that... Well, first of all, I think that comics, for me, were never a straight white space. Um partially because I misidentified characters as not white and also partially Mm -hmm. because my introduction to comics um, involved a lot of characters of color, including Storm Mm -hmm. and Bishop. Um, But also like I read a lot of manga, like all of the stuff I was like, oh, this is comics are just for everyone. Um, Mm -hmm. And I grew up in New York City, so I'm very, I'm very lucky in that way. So like all, all, you know, I went to predominantly brown and black schools and everyone liked nerd stuff because we're nerds. It's a power fantasy, mm-hmm. right? So, like, who needs a power fantasy more than the people with less power? Um, so I think I have, I kind of just didn't, uh, it, by the time I realized that I wasn't welcome, it was too late. I was already here. <laughs> um, no, but I've always felt welcome, so I'm very lucky. But also, um, you know, I, I think for me, the the themes that I really want to explore in, in X-Men in particular um, are themes of, you know, healing community, but also self-actualization, which I think is a thing that marginalized people, you know, we worry about survival <laughs> a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Like these mm-hmm. are, these are, these are the order of things that I need. And it's usually within the survival realm. And I want to go, no, let's push further. Let's talk about self-actualization. We deserve, that's mm-hmm. what we deserve. Um, and I think that 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 is a kind of natural follow up to the themes that I've already kind of been exploring in my work um, and with characters like Danny Moonstar and like Karma and like magic, even uh, even though they have all these really cool powers, like they have not really had the opportunity to self-actualize. And so mm-hmm. that's what I want for them. That's what I want for all of them. That, in, that any any character in the X universe that I touch, I'm like, what is your best self and how can we help you get there? 
it's it's exciting the ideas of you know the x-men aren't having their back against the wall a hundred percent of the time now it's not that they don't find conflict but these are these are stories where you know in the past if the x-men won it was at great cost right and if you look you look at ten of swords that just wrapped up big whole line wide thing it's not that there was nothing bad that happened to the x-men but it was a pretty definitive win for everyone involved including mutants who were opposed to the x-men apocalypse got to go back and hang out with his family it's very <laughs> it's a very good happy ultimate story wife them. guy <laughs> yeah, ultimate wife guy. I, ready to wreck I the have, world for your wife guy <laughs> i have been told that most of the uh most of the people working on x-men at this point in time are quote-unquote wife guys that's true uh, and it's it's beautiful it's beautiful to see. <laughs> I uh, feel like uh, I feel like we've had a lot of stories already where like you win at great cost, and I think for me, I don't think there's anything wrong with those. I think that those are very <clears throat> important stories. I think that we do have to talk about consequences and sacrifice because that's what it is to be alive. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but also, um, I think that we want to we want to tell stories where we also make it clear that wanting good things for yourself and you know your family is not bad and you shouldn't have to sacrifice everything you 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 get to win and it Mm. it should feel good (laughs) like yes it will be hard and you know there will be blood sweat and tears but also it's okay like you can do the right thing and also you know come out winning like you don't have to sacrifice everything all the time and i feel like with superhero books in general that's a hard one right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um you know you want to push these heroes to the limit but you know we're we're allowed to just be like you did the right thing and you you get a reward for that (laughs) like here you go (laughs) now speaking of a reward uh, in March, we are finally going to get our hands <laughs> on Children of the Atom, uh, announced way back in February of 2020. Um, so I know we're very excited about that. We got a lot of um, listener questions about that as well. Um, has the the pandemic and the change in the publishing schedule changed anything that we're doing with the book um or are we are we still getting pretty much the same story that uh, you had intended from the start it's mostly still the same story there have been a few changes um but i think what was important for us for that story in particular was to stay true to it as much as we could um Mm -hmm. you know we're there, there are two things that I, I personally keep in mind as I'm writing any particular monthly book, whether it's a miniseries or, or an ongoing, and that's the impact when it releases chapter by chapter, right? The issues, and then the, the longevity of it, like mm-hmm. the whole of the story. And so I think that what we wanted to do with it is make sure that we preserve the feeling that we had before, and that meant mostly not changing the central parts of the story, the, mm-hmm. you know, the conceits and, and, and kind of the complications. Um, but some of the details had to change. <laughs> it's, it's a year. <laughs> so there were things that happened and things that had to change. Absolutely. Um, but the way that I feel like it will be read when all is said and done, um, 
still make that work, I think. Awesome. I'm very excited to not have to talk around this book and to actually just <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> Looking forward to it. For cool. sure. Same. I'm sure Same. you are too. Now, now. <laughs> yeah, I now, mean, Mew- it's, it's, God, I've been working on it for over a year and a half. More than that, two years. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know anymore. Time is a flat circle. So I'm not sure, <laughs> but <laughs> I will be glad when it is out because I think also, I, I want people to be able to enjoy it as much as I've enjoyed making it, but also mm-hmm. I don't want people to feel any sort of pressure. And I feel like the anticipation has been so much that people are just like, ah, oh, like it's either going to be the best thing or the worst thing. And I'm like, it will be a different thing to everyone that reads it. <laughs> I hope you enjoy Liz- it. There's going to be a bunch of, you know, there's going to be a bunch of mutants like... Listen, John John did not help or John or what's his name? Jordan or whoever whoever's in charge of calling something a red issue didn't help that it was the last thing we got to see of it. Ugh. And then it said, by the way, it's now pushed back a year. Y'all gotta you gotta live with that final tease of you know, the level that it's on. But no, we're I hope I hope people enjoy it. it. Um I also wanna say that like this one to me, even even back a year ago uh you know a year and a half ago whatever uh the way that i conceived of this was more of uh like a complete arc than mm-hmm. individual parts so like the classic structure is still there like it's still a monthly book for sure um but for me i i kind of wanted to thread the beats throughout the entire arc so also be patient <laughs> i know people okay. will read a first issue and then be like i don't know exactly what's gonna happen and it's like it's okay i promise <laughs> whatever you're thinking it's probably not correct you have to keep reading mm. to, to find out it's <laughs> a good teaser well well we'll uh we'll we'll stop there for uh for our questions except for just to ask hey you've got those two what else you got going on what else are you working on you have a back a Batgirl story for future state that uh's out very soon i believe Yes, I don't know when because publishing schedules are very confusing to me. Uh, I'm just mm-hmm. a, little, a little writing bridge troll. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm doing Batgirl's Future State for DC. That's a two-part story. It will appear in the next Batman 2 and 4, I think. Mm-hmm. I like anthologies. I think they're really cool. So that's exciting. Um, what else can I okay. talk about? I think, I think that's all I can talk about. I do have some other stuff cooking, so nice. That's exciting to hear. All right, that's exciting to hear. But what we what we have cooking right now is some questions from uh, from our audience. We we put out a call on Twitter, uh, and you're very popular. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if you've picked up on that. Uh, so we had a lot of questions, and we've we've pared them down uh, to uh, just a handful. Uh, the first one comes from uh, Asimov underscore Fangirl who asked a couple, but we're going to ask if you could team up with an X-Man to help your creative endeavors, podcasting, creating a comic, et cetera, et cetera, who would you choose? Oh, that's such a good question. Also a great username. <laughs> Asimov Fangirl asks all of the best questions on all of the podcasts it's I true. listen to. It's true. And it's fantastic. <laughs> I would probably team up with Danny Moonstar because mm. she can – actualize whatever's going on in my brain she can i could see it i'm actually weirdly not a super visual person when i'm writing um Mm -hmm. 
And so when the art comes in, it's a freaking delight to me, which is great. But I'm, like to be able to see it projected and go, that works or that doesn't work right away is, is great. Also, mm. she just seems like she's cool to hang out with. I don't know. She seems great. She seems like she'd be a fun hang. She'd yeah. be fairly chill, but down for whatever. <laughs> just as long as she's not like predicting our death or something. <laughs> no, yeah, no thanks. No thanks. <laughs> um, but like, also, like, if someone was messing with you, she could like pull out their worst fear. Like, I, I feel like that's cool. That is cool. It'd be useful. Also, she's a Valkyrie. <laughs> yeah. She is a Valkyrie. There's that part that she also is. <laughs> I haven't forgotten. People keep asking me questions online. And I'm like, no, no, please. No, I only have 20 pages a month. You <laughs> mean Danny, Danny Moonstar, the character you've already written, you, you know a little bit about? Hmm. Who knew? Who knew? No, I, I uh, yeah, I had to answer the question. Uh, yeah, Danny Moonstar. I would love to hang out with Danny Moonstar or Gabby because I feel like she would just go. bring snacks to whatever's going on, and that's awesome. And Glob also would be another person who would make snacks. Glob snacks are a, a a true treasure, so I would I would want any snacks that Glob would make. <laughs> uh, Gabby, I feel like would be too young and feral for me. Like she she'd be too high energy. And I could like I appreciate what you're doing, but also I want to just sit here. <laughs> <laughs> I I love it. It keeps me young. Although you have young children, so I uh, you know you know what that energy is like. Mm. It's it's a lot at all times. <laughs> uh, my 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 oldest just turned five yesterday, and he does not have an off switch. <laughs> so that's <laughs> so you don't need a Gabby in your be... life. <laughs> I don't need a Gabby in my life. <laughs> uh, I do need a Robert Secundus who yes. asked, uh, your first New Mutants issue marks, I think, the first major cultural shift in some established aspects of Krakoa. The original Krakoan approach to education has now changed. Why did you want your first story in the title to focus on education? And why did the previous model need to go? So I think that, first of all, amazing question <laughs> uh for me i wasn't trying to tear down the old style of Krako old style it's been a year of krakowan education um for me what was important to kind of explore was just because you download information to someone's brain doesn't mean that a they know what to do with it b that it's refined in any sort of usable way and c that it solves any of their social problems mm -hmm. and so it's like you know, like, I, I love the Matrix, right? He downloads Kung Fu into his brain and then he can Kung Fu. I'm like, your body doesn't necessarily know how to Kung Fu. You happen <laughs> to be in a simulation, right? So, mm -hmm. like, I, I wanted to kind of play with the idea of socializing these feral children. So it's not necessarily, mm -hmm. and, and not all of them are feral children, too. Um, and uh, there are a couple of people who have been like, this person already knows how to, like, do X, Y, and Z. Why are they in the book? And I'm like, because people help each other. <laughs> <laughs> if I know how to do something, I can help someone that doesn't know how to do it. <laughs> like, mm. um, and so the idea of, and, and for anyone who has ever also adopted a feral animal of any kind, like you have to socialize them. You have to teach mm -hmm. them how to be part of your community and how to work with the other people around them. Um, and because, you know, Krakoa is all about working together and interconnection and how, this is kind of the more like 
harsh mercenary way of putting it, um, but how you're only as strong as you're, you know, the weakest link in the chain. For me, mm-hmm. it's it's the nicer way of saying it is, you know, you you want to uplift everyone. You are only as you know as happy as the saddest amongst you, and so you must make everyone happy. Um, and so that's kind of what I wanted to do with that. And education to me, yeah, like learning how to refine your powers and be better at being mutants is really important. That's really super fun. It's fun to look at and it's fun for them to do. But it also, you know, this this is something that will go forward into the book. Um, this is not a spoiler, but, you know, not everyone really understands how to play well with others. But when you have to see the consequences of not playing well with others right in your face, that shows you that, oh, these are other people, too. Uh, I can't just get away with being, you know, you know, callous anymore. I have to worry about other people. And so, like, the first issue, I was like, we're going to do that through training because that's fun to look at. (laughs) Also, because I want to see how many powers we can combine. Just wait until issue two. There are more weird powers that they combine. (laughs) More wolves. So excited about this. (laughs) More wolves. Yeah, 25 wolves. Cosmar in particular is one that I really am very interested in how her powers combine with other people's. Mm. Um, I'm very excited that she's staying in the book. That was, I love, I love her design. Her. I think Flaviano did an incredible job with that. I think, I think that also her introduction, like it's tragic and I feel mm-hmm. like it's so easy to, to let it be like, and that's sad. And now she's gone. I'm like, mm-hmm. let's stay with it for a while. You know, they brought her in, right? New Mutants is also, you know, coming off of what Ed was doing is a book about we 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 welcome new mutants into the island well they now they're here what do you do with them you can't mm-hmm. just bring them onto the island you have to deal with them um mm-hmm. that's a really good question though what was the second part of the question why did the the education have to go it doesn't it also still works they're still downloading information to people's brains and still because that's cool i would never want to get rid of that if i could just learn a language like that i would i would know every language on the planet like <laughs> be pretty great All right uh, so we have a Christo, lots of numbers, but he doesn't seem to be a robot. Uh, just seems to be a person whose username is first name, lots of numbers. Uh, but they ask, how much of the history of these characters influenced your own work? Sometimes continuity mongering can be an imp- <laughs> impediment to new stories. So how do you decide the line between a nod to the past and making it your own? taking things in new directions? That's a that's a great question. This is something that I think everyone who writes licensed characters struggles with every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, in particular, love doing homework, so I read a lot of the stuff that came before. For me, um, I what I like to do is think of them um, as real people, not in that I believe they are living people, but the way that like our history, what has happened to us influences everything we do, but we still surprise ourselves every day. <laughs> um, and we still have to continue to live our lives, right? Um, and so mm-hmm. when thinking about these characters and thinking about the stories for New Mutants in general that have been told before, um, I try and kind of just like absorb it and then go, okay, but what are the stories that need to be told right now? And why do they need to be told through these characters? Um, one of my kind of rules for writing licensed characters is the story that I tell with them has to be something that could only be told through them. I, mm-hmm. I don't take my own ideas and then shove them into the story um, because I can just go write my own creator on stuff. I don't, I don't need to do that. But when I get the opportunity to write, you know, a story with Danny Moonstar, with Karma, with, you know, Warpath, all these, all these characters, I'm like, 
what makes them special. Um, and that that thing is going to be different for each creative team. Um, you know, like what is important to me about a character might not be what's important to someone else when they're writing that character. So mm-hmm. I can only kind of write out of my perspective. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of what I do. I go, all right, here's the world that they are living in now. There are stories that would make sense for those characters in this second, you know, um, for the New Mutants in particular, I thought to myself, what are they doing right now? Mm. <laughs> like, you have this paradise or whatever, but what does that mean to someone, you know, who A, isn't used to paradise, but B, is kind of in that in that in-between age where it's like, well, we're not the X-Men. Some of us have been X-Men, but, like, there's no X-Men right now. But we have this new island and a bunch of people running around who don't know, who are unsocialized feral cats. How do we... <laughs> <laughs> who's going to take care of this? People are tearing up the lawn. Like, um, And to me, <laughs> the characters on the New Mutants are the characters that go, well, we have a problem right in front of us. Let's solve it in a way that brings everyone together. They just always have been to me. Like, they've always, they're ride or die for each other. Like, mm-hmm. for me, you know, I think back to, everyone thinks back to the Demon Bear saga, right? Like, that's just like a thing. It's pretty um, good. Phenomenal. <laughs> Pretty good. Phenomenal. I think it's number three on our list right now. It is number three on our list right now. <laughs> I know because I listen to the show. Um, but like, I, I think also, you know, I think back to that and the way that like they showed up in the hospital. Like they didn't mm-hmm. have to do that. Like that's not a thing that like comics do. But like there mm-hmm. they were. Like that's what the New Mutants do to me. They're like we're gonna ride or die in the hospital. I think back to you know when they find Karma again after she's been gone and thought of dead. You know for all this time like. What do they do? Like immediately they, you know, they, they squat up and they're like, we'll go through time and space. Like, we'll do this. This is it. Like, we're bringing you home. Yeah. Like, and so that, that's who they are to me. And so I don't have to retell that story. What I have to do is go, all right, well, in this paradigm, what does that look like? That's a, that's a interesting uh, take on that. It's always, always nice to see how different people approach that very comics problem it's hard right because i mean we always say in the room we're like we don't want to make comics about comics but we do want to make sure that the cool stuff that was laid down we carry forward (laughs) uh i thought this was an interesting question it kind of ties into what we're talking about here uh at the uncanny bert asked um will we see more mutants questioning the direction of krakoa especially younger more idealist ones we saw uh Gabby do this and brought up the the clone issue. Um, are, are we going to see more of that as we, as we go forward? I mean, that's the plan. It's not all going to be like, you know, this is a problem. But like, I think that <laughs> younger people have a lot of questions. I think that yeah. that's just that's the whole thing about being, you know, well, forever. We all ask questions forever, but especially at a, you know, when you're at that age where you're becoming super independent, you're like, well, why does it have to be this way? Or you know, this is all what you want, but what if I don't want that? Um, and I, I definitely, you know, we all have plans to do that across the books, but I definitely want to put a lot more of that into New Mutants because I think that I personally love the Krakoa era and I would love to live on Krakoa, um, but I feel like any new nation has, you know, things about it that people are unsure about. And the way that you fix that and the way that you deal with that is by facing those questions head on instead of just like covering them over. Um, And because what we're doing with the X line is so additive and so communal, like 
that's everyone wants to do that. We all want to be like, yeah, we, we also have these questions. We're figuring this out and we're showing you the process. This is how you become a people. Hmm. Nice. That'd be exciting to see. Yeah. Uh, we've got we've got just two more two more from the peanut gallery. Neither of them about X-Men. Mm. OK. Uh, it's about other things okay. that you do. Uh, this first one comes to us from Hunter at X-Men But Gay, who is someone who I have recently found out was like childhood best friends with one of my college roommates, which is a weird <laughs> thing to find out on Twitter.com. <laughs> it's a small That's world. Great. Very small world. Uh, but they ask, uh, Jessica Jones playing with fire was one of my favorite audio experiences of 2020. What was it about JJ that led to or that led to Hellfire Club feeling like natural antagonists for her. And for people who don't know, uh, Jessica Jones playing with fire was a uh, book that you co-wrote uh, with a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> many, many incredible people. Um, yeah, I, we got into a room together and we just started talking about cool stuff and Jessica Jones and Marvel stuff in general. Um, and we wanted to make sure that there was a power level involved that was equal or greater to her because she's a very powerful character. But we also mm -hmm. wanted to make sure that it felt street level because she's a very street level character. So we were like, right. no cosmic stuff that doesn't make any sense for her, you know, like probably no ninjas, like, <laughs> like any of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, probably no major magic stuff. I mean, maybe mm -hmm. like we, we toyed with it some, we toyed with some of the horror stuff too, but at the end of the day, Hellfire felt very, very, very grounded in a weird way. It's just like it ha it's an actual location and it's a business. And that's what mm -hmm. kind of makes it even worse is that, oh, that's believable. <laughs> um, it had to be something that she could get, you know, punch, but also that wouldn't solve the problem as mm. well. So, nice. yeah, we wanted to we wanted to be grounded, uh, but also like. You know, I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't read it, but the, the you know, the person she ends up punching, that's that's the wrong way to approach that person. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. This was a uh, this was a book uh, about Jessica Jones going to the Hellfire Club and then part of the mystery involving uh, food service equipment uh, with refrigeration and noise from that. <laughs> and that got me personally way overthinking things <laughs> we tried to make it feel like a like a real noir detective kind of like mm. situation while also just mm -hmm. being completely we were like it's marvel let's really just be weird and throw in some red herrings and just just go nuts that's good uh the the last question we have comes from alex tucker who asks vita which x-men would you make a batgirl Oh, a Batgirl specifically. Ooh, that's a good. Question. A Batgirl, yeah. Who would I make a Batgirl? Who's gonna be? Who's gonna be a? Who's gonna be a? <laughs> who's Batgirl? a good amalgam like character? Yeah. <laughs> Who would make a good Batgirl? Dark. Claw. Oh, that's such a good question. Oh, I love uh, Lobo the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> Lobo the Duck, good. Lobo the Duck, good. Lobo the Duck, good. Um, Amazon was the best one, though. Let's be real. <laughs> It was a mixed bag, uh, the whole thing. Not a, not a huge fan of that specific creator, but I can understand the combination of Storm and Wonder Woman. 
uh, yes. being a pretty good fit. Yes, that is a good way to put that. Um, also, just the idea that Diana Prince ends up the Punisher somehow in that universe is really good. Uh, all right, look, put down to business. All right, which X-Men? Uh, that is a very good question. It would probably be one of the younger kids. Um, my brain wants to say armor, but I'm not sure if that's right. Um, I feel like she'd make a pretty good one. You know, actually, you know who'd make a really good, like, Batgirl, but, like, the younger version of her is Karma. I think Karma would make a really good Batgirl. Yeah. Yeah. She's kind of got the backstory (laughs) built in and everything, but also, like, I don't know, man. She she feels like a, like a Batgirl. She's a librarian. I mean, she's got she's got some of the same things as Babs. I mean, that I could see that happening. Yeah, I would like I would like to see her as Batgirl. There you go. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, those are the questions that we had. Vita, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, letting me babble for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's our pleasure. Hey, uh, what uh, if pe- if people want to get in touch with you, see uh, specifically like where they can find your work. Where, where can they find your work besides New Mutants and Children of the Atom? Uh, where can you find my work? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Comicsology. Oh, I, I'm on Twitter, <laughs> so you can just bother me on Twitter. <laughs> um, my username, handle, whatever, is at DefinitelyVita. Um, that's also my that's Instagram. That's definitely it, yes. Man, it's been a long year, and we're only so <laughs> We're with you. <laughs> really it just tired. started, and it's really it's long. So long. <laughs> it's it's definitely the 11th march in a row like yeah. it just feels like mm. we're still in march 2020 <laughs> um not, uh no yeah uh that's that's where you can find me um i write creator own stuff if you like that kind of stuff i've written books like the wilds and submerged and quarter killer which is a comicsology original um mm-hmm. so check those out uh, they're they're all good, <laughs> so you should you should uh, go do that, folks. Hey, Adam, uh, where can people find you online? Guys, you can always yeah, you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy and uh, Zach. Where can people find the latest and greatest Comics XF stuff? Uh, you can find the latest and greatest Comics XF stuff at Comics XF on Twitter. That's Comics uh, X Ray Foxtrot. <laughs> Uh, it's Xavier Files. You can use the X and the F. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. Can put those at the end, and that's how it works. Uh, also at comicsxf.com, uh, we've got some fantastic stuff uh, this week. A uh, bunch of stuff about a bunch of different comics. Uh, stuff about what Metallica album goes best with which X Force <laughs> team, uh, which is just, I guess, I guess a thing we do now. Yeah. Uh, we've we've got a lot of a lot of cool stuff coming, some real cool interviews that we've got lined up uh, soon. So y'all check that out. Also, make sure you check out our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/ComicsXF. Uh, it's great. Uh, I think this is the first uh, time we've actually recorded since that went. Uh, no, it's the second time. Either way, the support that y'all have given has been absolutely phenomenal. All that money goes directly into our fantastic writers. Uh, and we're really, really excited about that. Uh, writing about, you know, cool stuff. So go go check that out. Uh, one last time, I want to thank uh, Vita Ayala for being on. Vita, thank you so much. It was great. It was a pleasure. Always is. Thank you so much. All right. Well, next week, uh, I don't have the list up, so I don't know what we're going to talk about. But we're going to talk about something. 
I don't even, we'll figure it out. I don't It'll have the list up either. I don't know. Don't worry about it. We didn't need it. But until then, guys, <laughs> this has been Bow the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. Get it!